All right. Great morning, everybody. It is Monday. Time to celebrate Mondays with some opportunities to lift our leadership. Very exciting to be leading this call with you today. We are going to uh, just handle a few logistical pieces. Hopefully everybody had a great week. Uh, but as always, um, we you should have, have uh, received the recording uh, of the governance webinar from a Thursday night. And we've been talking as a team. We think we're going to uh, um, change our format for our uh, governance uh, pieces and just have them pre-recorded and be able to send to you all at the beginning of each month. We're, we're not having a lot of people live, uh, so we definitely want to make sure that board members are getting information that they need and then we could always do uh, follow-up calls after. So just, just be looking for that uh, starting in February. We, uh, we will just be moving our practices. Uh, so once, once they are recorded, we will be sending them out to you. And also this uh, Thursday, Jeff, Jeff will be continuing his uh, conversations on data. If you've missed his last uh, two weeks, please go back and, and uh, listen to those calls. Very, very informative information regarding how to not only choose your data assessment, but uh, utilize it to make the best decisions as a leader. This call uh, today, we're going to be talking about leadership ability, and 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 this this comes right out of John Maxwell's 21 Laws of Leadership. And the first law that John talks about, if you've read the book, is the law of the lid. And John says that leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. The lower an individual's ability to lead, the lower the lid on his potential. And when you think about that, so not only in his potential, his or her potential, but also the potential for the organizational success. And obviously, the higher the ability one has to lead, the more of an opportunity that the organization can be successful. So when I was thinking about this, like, well, what are what do most people think leadership is right now? Right? What are if you were to think about some of the key words that folks folks think about leadership and 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 um, from all levels, right? So one sometimes is accomplishment. People who who tend to accomplish a lot are tend to be looked as as leaders. Okay, another word I thought about was titles. And individuals who have a title, whether it's letters after your name or letters before your name or uh, really fancy name tags, people tend to think leadership as an authority because of the title. Some people think as leaders as being productive. And all of this came out to one common uh, denominator. If you're busy, you're important, and if you're important, you must be a leader, right? Is that kind of our current culture, especially our culture as principals? Just feel like we're constantly busy. But as we talked about many times, being busy is not always being productive or always being a leader. As an effective leader, as you strive to be an effective leader, one of your greatest goals should be to break the busy before the busy breaks you. It's really hard to think with clarity, communicate with clarity, to focus on the key priorities 
when you're just constantly busy, right? So as a leader, you need to understand and know your worth. Right? We've talked about the three R's before, and this, this, this aligns. Remember the three R's are what's required of me as a leader? Right? What does the organization get the greatest return at? And what, do, what, do, what, what rewards me, right? what, what, what fills my heart? So when you're thinking about knowing your self-worth, right, your worth, like what, what is it that you do that makes the organization move to the next level, right? That, and and, and that's, this means sometimes you've got to say no to the good to say yes to the great. Okay, this will help eliminate some of your busyness saying no to the good so you can say yes to the great. It also means knowing whatever your specific skills and talents and gifts that you bring to the organization need to be utilized to the highest potential. Right? So therefore, you're not great at everything. So you shouldn't be doing everything. If you're doing everything, you are creating a stronger lid. Right? You are capping your lid. You're sealing it off. If you've got a if you've got a crock pot, you know, on the sides when you seal it off, I mean, you're basically sealing off any ability for your organization to grow. Right? You're the Tupperware container on your organization. Right? You're sealing it off. Yellow and blue and green. Everybody remembers those Ziploc commercials. That's you. Right? If you choose to do everything. And have your hand in everything. You are you are capping the overall potential success based upon what John Maxwell said that leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. You can't be at your highest level of effectiveness if you are being everything to everybody. I know this is hard. This is this is hard to think about. And I know a lot of you are saying, Well, Tom, it's just not possible. Well, you're right. It's really, it is difficult, right? But when you come to the awareness that it's not about you, it's about the success of the organization as a whole, you will begin to make those subtle decisions that grow the organization, right? That grow your ability to lead. We're going to talk about more of those and what those look like. So again, we all have a leadership lid. We all have it. Right? This lid is the cap of the ceiling, which our ability to lead results in the overall success of our organization. So, if you've read if you've read Twenty One Laws, there's a there's a great story that John tells about two restaurant owners in the '30s. Their names were Dick and Maurice, and they opened up. A, um, a restaurant that served milkshakes and hot dogs and sandwiches, and, and um, they were they were pretty successful at first, and they and they ended up moving to this location in San Bernardino, and they and they really focused their menu, they honed in on their systems, and they and they and they were great managers, extremely um, efficient, and 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 focused on cutting costs and maximizing product served. Over the first couple of years, they were making about $50,000 a year each person, right? So $100,000 in profit per year. And this was this, this put them in, in, in the highest 
grossing income um, in their area of California. By the 1950s, this uh, restaurant was making over $350,000 a year in profit, one of the most pro profitable restaurants in the nation at that time. So if you travel to this restaurant, you would actually, you know, you would see it. There was a neon sign out front. It was the, the address was 14th East Street in San Bernardino, and there was, there was a neon sign out front that said McDonald's hamburgers. So you would think that the rest is history, right? These two uh, brothers had a very successful uh, restaurant in San Bernardino, and they're the McDonald's that we know today, but they actually had a lid on their ability to multiply this restaurant. They tried a few times to expand, but were never successful. One of their greatest products was their milkshakes at the time. And this uh, gentleman by the name of Ray Kroc, uh, he sold their milkshake makers. And he, when he came to the restaurant, he immediately saw the potential for this restaurant to be able to, to grow. And he was quite visionary. So after a few years, he was able to uh, convince the uh, uh, McDonald's uh, uh, brothers, Dick and Maurice, to, to sell a percentage of their restaurant. Within four years, Ray Kroc was able to establish 100 restaurants in the nation. Within five more years, there was over 500 across the country. And now as we know it, there's over 31,000 McDonald's restaurants in 119 countries. It's quite remarkable when you think about it. I mean, nobody, I only knew Ray Kroc because his name was on the side of the jersey of the San, the San Diego Padres. I had no idea that he was, that he was, that he was the, uh, the, the lid lifter, right? He was the visionary. He was the individual who was able to come in and take a great idea that was great with systems and efficiency and hot, had a solid product, but these two, but these two brothers were not able to expand, expand their influence, right? When I started to uh, think about other examples, uh, you know, sports teams. We look at sports teams. There's, there's so many sports teams that have so much talent, and 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 you know, over time they will uh, they'll just end up firing their manager, right? Because because they don't show the success, right? They don't show the success that that they uh, you know should have. And what you know usually happens, it makes me think of the 19 or no no, it was the 2003, I believe, Florida Marlins. Jack uh, McKeon took over this team halfway halfway through the year, and they were about a mediocre, you know, four or five hundred team. And 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 Jack Jack uh, McKeon was a older older manager um, at the time. He had been around uh, baseball. He took the same team, and in less than two months, took them from uh, a middle level team to winning the World Series. Right? Just just you know, Trader Jack is what they called him. He was unbelievable in. In, in you know gaining influence with his players, right? The ability to 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 see each one, empower them to 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 let them have their own skills, right? To let them you know grow. It was a very young team. I mean, some of those guys are still around now as older veterans in uh, Major League Baseball, but they but they definitely. I mean, he he was a climate changer. He changed the culture, right? He was able to take what the last manager was not able to do with a lot of talent and take them. In, in a matter of months uh, from a team that was not barely going to finish 500 to a team that won a World Series. When I think about, you know, myself right now, leading, you know, leading my organization, uh, you know, I wrote down, I'm the lid in many ways, 
if I don't have the ability to communicate clearly, teach my team, uh, delegate and empower, right, recruit individuals who have skill sets that I don't, and most importantly, say no to the good so we can say yes to the great. I ensure that my time and energy are focused on the right things. If I don't do those things, then we're then we're not we're not going to be able to grow. Right? We're not going to be able to meet meet our mission to to uh, be the difference maker in the leadership development of individuals and organizations. We're just going to be the difference maker and maybe a couple people, right? just a couple people. So as a principal, Jeff and I, we were just talking. What are you know what are some ways in which as a principal we tend we tend to be the lid, right? Not being able to communicate our vision. Not able to hold people accountable. Maybe we're just taking control of all aspects, right? We were, we were talking about a story of a, of a school that we were both at where, where we took months and months and months of time to investigate curriculums for language arts in our school and writing. And it was really exciting because it was one of the first times that, 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 that staff had been had been empowered to to investigate and we brought in curriculum specialists, you know, Hooten Mifflin or whoever else, and they flew in and they did these big I just remember being in a big room with all these presentations and proposals. It was very corporate like. And then after deliberation and a lot of healthy you know, conversation, uh, the, the, the staff and the curriculum coaches had picked a, a certain curriculum. But when the uh, decision went to the decision makers, what came back was something complete opposite. Right. So we were just talking about how, how that impacted future opportunities to have those empowerment, right? What's, what's the point? What's the point if we're going to put all this time and effort into it if, if someone above us with a title it's just going to make a different decision. How often does that occur in your organization? All right, that comes from lack of trust, and we've talked about no, no trust, no unity, no progress. Another lid capper is 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 you know recognizing what you're not good at, but doing it anyway. You know, maybe you're not good at financing, but for some reason you're in charge of the the weekly AP packets and doing all the budgeting and doing all the financing check and all the checks and balances. Maybe you're not very good at balancing a checkbook, but you know, and you only have a you know a couple thousand dollars to manage. But for some reason you think you can manage a multi-million-dollar public enterprise, right? So there's a big difference between understanding you're responsible for it and understanding that you're required to do it. It's a big part of growing, growing your organization and lifting your lid. Remember, people don't quit organizations. People quit people. Your personal success has nothing to do with your ability to lead. Your personal success is dictated by your persistence and, and your perseverance, right, and opportunity and overcoming challenges, but it doesn't mean you're a great leader. It just means that you're a productive person. So I want you to go back to those habits that we talked about. Did you take the time to complete your wheel? 
which areas of your habits are broken. Because a broken wheel rolls very loudly. Right? If you're rolling around in the hallways of your school with a broken wheel, everybody hears it. Everybody sees it. Remember, your team already knows where you need to grow. So you're not fooling anybody. So here are some things. Here's a list of things that I came up with, the ways you can raise your lid. And the first is your awareness, right? Raising your awareness. How do we raise our awareness? You could take personality style assessments to become more aware of how your how you are wired impacts how you are able to communicate and lead effectively. It's a great tool that we use in our organization. Ask your accountability partners. Ask your best teachers. Okay. Tell them you're working on something and you're asking them to, to make you more of aware when you, when you slide down that slippery slope back into that old habit. Daily reflection is key. Right? Spending time, breaking the busy. Give yourself 15, 30 minutes a day to sit down and journal. Okay? Do that mind dump. Get things off of your brain. Set a plan. If it's a list of things to do, make a second list. All right? Things. Well, let's well, let's make three lists. Number one, you got your list. Number one, cross off a lot of things that you'll need to be doing anymore. That starts your stop doing list. And then your third column is who do I delegate these things to do to? And if I can't delegate it, who do I teach how to do it? Make sure that each day has some sort of practice that stretches you in whatever area you're trying to develop. You've got to be intentional you want to grow. Make a habit of seeking feedback and criticism each day. Next faculty meeting you lead, record it. Record it, send it out to everybody asking for feedback. Right? Watch yourself. See the body language of not only you but the people that you're speaking to. One of the first, learn, first lessons I learned as a speaker is that there's no such thing as bad audiences. There's only Bad speakers. Right? Don't be the lid on your organization. Work on listening. There's a big difference between listening and hearing. You can hear someone, but are you truly listening? Because deep down inside, after a lot of those criticisms, there is some honesty. Make sure you're valuing experience with reflection. Remember we talked about the eighth habit. It's, it's not just experiencing more things, but it's evaluative experience that makes a difference. So you don't make that same mistake again. Right? Have a good memory. Don't have a goldfish memory. Have an effective leader's memory. Read and invest in training. Okay, invest in yourself. Read a book, not to finish the book, but read a book to actually follow the author's advice. 
and many of the many of the self help you know books that you'll find have have exercises in them. Do them, listen to them. I guarantee you, this individual who wrote this book has spent tens of thousands of hours researching and developing and writing to hone this craft. Everybody has a mentor. Rely on them more often. Okay, set up a bi-weekly or monthly time. Set time with your mentor. Get a coach. Okay, the greatest business leaders and athletes, they all have coaches. They all have coaches. They always ask the principals what they need first in their school, and they always talk about coaches. They need coaches for their teachers. And I just want to say, well, who's your coach? If we got coaches for the teachers, why don't we have coaches for the leaders? And lastly, make a stop doing list. I've already talked about that, but it's so important to look at your list of things to do on a daily basis and look at the ones that you're spending a lot of time on that you don't need to do. Someone else can do that. Remember the rule is 80%. If someone can achieve it as 80% as well as you can, go ahead and delegate it. It's okay. Yes, they're going to make mistakes. But that's how they're going to learn, right? They're learning by failing forward. They're not learning by watching you do everything. So I want you to think of a time, as I finish up here, think of a time in which you were stuck and someone or something challenged you to look at the situation differently. How did that change your view? Was it someone you valued? Someone you valued? What's the difference, right? If someone, if, if someone's trying to raise your awareness, when do you listen to them? My partner, Jeff Gorsi, he always loves to ask this question. He says, who do you trust to tell you when you're wrong? And it can't be your mom. It's got to be someone else, right? So imagine. A time that someone, when you were stuck and someone was challenging you to do something different, well, I'm challenging you now. You wouldn't be on this phone call. You wouldn't be listening to this recording if you didn't find value in this information. So I'm challenging you now to look, at, look deep into your ability to lead. Don't go by personal success and keep on growing. Imagine if you set forth a plan to just grow your leadership by 1%. Each week, by putting time aside to be intentional. Over a year's time, even if you took a two or three week vacation, you'd be 50% better as a leader than where you are right now. 1% each week. So work on your ability to lead, right? Go back to those characteristics of an effective leader those habits of an effective leader. Work on those abilities. Teach someone else to finish the AP packet. Allow someone else to go to the testing meeting. Allow the teachers to address the, the master scheduling problem. Right? Empower a team of school leaders to address discipline, the budget, and the technology plan so you can spend the time growing the organization, right? focusing on what matters most, staying in your strength zone,
you know the difference, right? Everybody knows there's a gap between what we know and what we do. Start listening to your own voice. I know what your voice is telling you. It tells me the same thing every day. You've got to get better at X. You've got to stop doing X. Be intentional. Do it. Break busy from your leadership schedule. Break the busy. Find your passion. Trust your people. And live to lead. And that's my teaching for this morning, Monday, February 1st. And if we've got anybody who would love to to uh, make a comment or ask a question, go ahead and hit star six. That will get you into the queue. Go ahead and hit star six into the queue. And I would love to hear your thoughts, anything you agree or don't agree with me. Right. Not seeing anybody in the queue this morning. Okay, it's perfectly all right. Lots to chew on. So listen, everybody, have a great day. Make it a significant Monday. Go back to your habits. All right, go back to that wheel. If you haven't had a chance to complete the wheel, go back and do it. Go back and listen to that call. All right? Maybe those habits don't work for you. Whatever works for you, you have to be aware of your own areas for growth. Okay, before we can... Beware of something we have to be aware of something. So go ahead. Take the time. Reflect. Okay? Focus on your priorities and set a plan. And it's okay. If you fall off the wagon, it's quite all right. All right? Just don't fall off too long. It'll, it'll cause some sores if you're being dragged along by that wagon. So thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself this morning. And I look forward to talking to you next Monday.